Hello, hello. Hello, BFF FM. My name is DJ Nev808. I'm really excited to be here and welcome to the first ever episode of the Hardcore Heaven Radio Power Hours. That is right. This is a hybrid talk in music show where I'm going to sit down with some of my favorite up and coming electronic music DJs and producers to talk about and spin some music. Today is our guest or today our guest is my good friend DJ Serotonin. Over the next two hours, you'll be able to listen to us talk about how they got involved in dance music. Here's some music from their most recent projects and make sure you stay until 11 because for the last hour, we're going to be switching from the interview to a live mix. Really excited, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Right now, under my voice, you're hearing Humans by Sean Cartier. I'm just going to let this play out while I get the interview, which was just for um, Clarency. Or it was recorded yesterday. The word I'm looking for is escaping me, but is it a pre-recorded interview as well as a pre-recorded mix? Just wanted to make sure that was clear. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You are listening to BFFFM. This is Humans by Sean Cartier. I'm going to let this play out. Thank you guys for joining me on this Wednesday morning.
Um, okay, you know what? Let's, uh, let's, oop. I'm gonna do that again because I bumped the mic with my phone. Oh, shit. Let's just, uh, let's get into it. Um, how about we start real simple? Um, what's your name? Where are you from? What are your pronouns? What would you like to be, to be referred to as? And then, um, for people who aren't familiar with you, what do you do? Uh, yes. That was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Nate, let's just start with, like, no, your name. No, it's okay. You, what's your name? <laughs> My name is Serotonin. I also go by DJ Serotonin. That's my, like, official performer name. Literally just the DJ in front of it. And yes, I think it matters. Yes, I think it matters. That's, um. <laughs> that's funny. I feel like I've literally, like, two seconds to jump in. But I also, when people leave out the DJ in my name. I know. It's, it's, like, it's two letters, but it's so important. Yeah. And also then mine just says Neb808, which is, like, it's already DJ Neb808 doesn't make sense already, but just <laughs> Neb808 people are like like who's like ooh that's uh, that sounds like someone I want to see. Anyway, I'm sorry <laughs> I interrupted you. That's so funny. <laughs> I guess when people say serotonin, I mean, I feel like that's just me. Like I prefer people to call me serotonin or tonin. Mm -hmm. Sarah, I just don't really feel that connected to. I mean, obviously it's my birth name, but I just don't really feel connected to it anymore like i feel like i'm serotonin uh-huh you've transcended um, yes <laughs> something that i lack but also try to <laughs> provide uh -huh. i don't know honestly the whole idea behind it is that i just want people to get serotonin from listening to my music or my yeah. mixes and hopefully through music we can all be happier <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of your DJ name. I remember the first time I like ever like how I got familiar with you back at UC Santa Cruz yes. when you did that show with um, DJ Asbestos and just like <gasps> yes. talk about two great DJ names. Aww. Like honestly, because I've like, you know, I remember me and all my friends and I had just started to get into electronic music and my friends like weren't really at all. But we were just like so excited about the show because like. DJ Asbestos is just such a funny ass name. I know. Um, and serotonin, it's like, it's a pun. It's fun. You know, um, yes. I just remember like we, everyone kept bringing up the name. You're like, are we going to the Asbestos show? And I was like, ha 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 ha, totally. Oh my God. <laughs> that's so funny. That show was like such, such a beginning. Like it was really like my beginning as like, mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, performing and that that was a great i've actually put that show together yeah i like asked yeah my friends if i could borrow their house and like put on like a sick ass electronic show with like all my friends and then they were like yeah but it was actually sh kind of shitty because they were making money off of the show like they were charging people and then we did not get paid at all and then they made us go back and clean the whole house. Oh, that's because I was going to say, like, not getting paid. It's so I mean, it's shitty, but it's like a pretty, like, unfortunate reality. I feel like of doing like, you know, those type of collaborations and those types of like work, especially like when you're in college, you know, 
Uh-huh. Uh, but the fact that they made you clean it too is no, <laughs> it was like, disgusting. <laughs> like I, oh, had I to... also I also know the house you're talking about, and it was definitely really mm-hmm. gross. Like that shit was definitely gross before the party too. <laughs> oh, I know, nah. But I had to like pick out a shit from the top deck of a toilet. Really? Yes. How did they? That's so rough. It was fucked. It was That's fucked up. So um, rough. A shit out of the top. Yeah. Dude, I was at that party and someone shit in the... I guess. And I someone remember... put like a bar of soap in the actual toilet. That's just fucked up. That's I like... Know. who's? <sighs> yeah. It's... Don't shit rough. in the top. Don't shit anywhere in a party except the toilet. Yeah. That's just like so disrespectful. Or like in some woods or something. Yeah. Like, where you can cover it up easily. That's fair. I love how you were like, okay, wait. Like, there's there's a little bit of leeway, but definitely not in the top of a toilet. Not inside the house, (laughs) anywhere but the toilet. Uh Uh-huh. I remember having a great time at that party. I had just just gotten into electronic music and basically only listened to, um, like, tech house. Like, very, like, mainstream. That's just, like, how the type of music I started. Mm -hmm. And um, I had, like, no idea how to dance to, like, the shit you guys were playing. But... Oh, my God. It was still so much fun. And I remember um, this was, like, what, late 2019? Like, early pre-pandemic 2020. um, And you dropped... Or someone dropped, either you or Asbestos, 800 dB cloud by 100 gex. And this was, like... Yeah. When 100 Gex was like the new cool shit. Like uh-huh. well, all the cool gay kids were yes. listening to 100 Gex and everyone like lost their mind. And it was, I like, I have like little, I feel like I don't know if you can relate, but when I go to DJ sets, you know, I'll like watch someone, even if I'm like very sober, mm-hmm. watch, you know, rave for a few hours and watch a DJ set. And then it's kind of like a dream. Like five minutes after it's done, it's just oh. gone from your brain, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> it's just, um, I know. But I feel like tiny little like, song choices stick out in my head mm-hmm. and that i feel like is one of like the earliest ones that's log- lodged in there because i was just like oh Aww. my god 100 gex yeah so cool. we were both like really drunk and we kept knocking the crossfader oh. so the music kept going out <laughs> during our set i um, do also remember that <laughs> yeah yeah we were both hella faded it was my first time like performing with a controller and finn just like gave me the rundown like 10 minutes beforehand on like okay yeah this is the cue yeah hit that shit like to match it up um make sure that this is down then pop it back up and then i was like ah okay and then i just did it and like finn was like way more drunk than me and so like (laughs) it was like really hard trying to because yeah it was a back-to-back yeah but you you it was still good and then it got shut down so yeah well of course because it was a house party in santa cruz you know yeah um that was only last so long but yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. I, I'm interested to kind of dive in. So you said you're the one who organized that. I didn't know. And I yeah. almost wouldn't have guessed just because, like you said, it was so, you know, you'd never even played on a controller before. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess I'm interested in like that period of um, like that introductory period of you starting to become a DJ. Like, were you already producing then? I know just mm-hmm. from like knowing you and talking to you that um, Finn, DJ Asbestos, was like, pretty integral in getting you involved at least in Mm -hmm. DJing um I wonder if you just want to talk about like getting involved in DJing going from someone who doesn't DJ and doesn't produce to someone who is DJing and is producing yeah um I don't know I guess I always had that like musicality in me I just always felt drawn to like making something and like trying to learn something myself and like 
figuring it out and expressing myself and um i the first track that i ever like produce produce i collabed it with my friend sam in 2020 like literally right before the pandemic hit um and that was the first time that i really like made my own song but i did like before that i got together with my other friend ben hmm. um parallels um shout out ben and like we were over we were just like hanging out in his living room and like he was trying to teach me fl and was like yo get the demo version like get the light version um y you just can't save projects but like you can pretty much do everything and then i i don't know i just remember trying to make a drum pattern and i was like what the i was like what the fuck and like we didn't even make anything so it was like really hard at first um at least to produce um because i didn't really have any knowledge around like different daws or like how to use them um so i taught myself for like the next year and then that's when i like pretty much got my workflow and I was able to just like progress on and on with my like with my skills but with DJing my very first gig so I, I became a DJ before I started to produce but I had always like done music um, throughout my life like I was in theater for a really long time I loved singing and I loved like playing the piano and like teaching myself instruments and I was in band for like the first two years of well for a long time but until like my sophomore year of high school um and then I kind of quit yeah I like quit <laughs> the next year and but I was still doing theater and like I would sing and stuff and um yeah I was like really into I've always like had that musicality in me but it just completely transformed like once i really got into electronic music and stuff so when i i literally like right before i went to ucsc um because that's where i went to college and until i dropped out last year i was looking to like do journalism and stuff and i like saw kzsc and then i was like Oh, okay like i have to join like the radio station like as soon as i get to campus and that's basically what i did like as soon as i got into school i joined the radio station because i really wanted to like do more like communications and like journalism stuff and then you know that's when i went on to you know just curating the mixes and um just doing lots of yeah, like mixes and blends and like transitions. And that was super fun. And my first gig was summer of 2019. So I was moving from my freshman to sophomore year. And this gig was actually really shitty. And I will be very open about that because I was like playing for a bunch of like indie boy bands and i was just like djing in between their sets yeah and they kind of like they never like acknowledged me throughout the show and they like cut off my sets like early every single time 
and like i barely got to play and they like didn't even acknowledge me at the end of the show and like i was like definitely a part of the show you know like i was djing like in between the acts like i was still performing and i still had like curated and it was my first like gig ever and it sucked <laughs> <laughs> that's um, tough i feel like yeah you were low-key set up to fail there <laughs> yeah but like in between the indie bands act and also just uh, santa cruz has such like a a strong indie boy scene um yeah i can definitely relate to trying to like put on electronic music events and then there's like or just you know trying to like blend the two mm -hmm. and then there's yeah there's just like a bunch of like fucking douchebags <laughs> yeah yeah that's that you know that's only um one yeah yeah you're not wrong <laughs> um yeah so i'm or, sorry do you, do you have do you have more things you want to um you know? yeah just you know that was my first gig but and then after that my next gig was the show i put together uh-huh um yeah that one <laughs> that, that one house that one house yeah <laughs> um that i will not name the one that will not be named i organized that show because i think my friend orion yeah my friend orion um was asking me to like yo you want i'm gonna go like down to santa cruz like can you put a show together and then i was like yeah sure <laughs> and then <laughs> um and then i like put it together it was the lineup very iconic lineup it was vita vita played first i think and then it was albert um which was uh, hmm. i forget um yeah because I, I know vita i don't know an albert um yeah albert actually plays in a bunch of bands um shout out albert. like around yeah like in cali and uh they also have like their individual acts like lots of different projects basically it was oh god what was the name of that yeah they used like some alias for that show and then it was evanora unlimited um that's my friend orion and and then it was me and <laughs> finn that that is honestly that's quite Serotonin a lineup x um asbestos. asbestos yeah it was fire yeah especially for your first show how was that um How's that like organizing that? Because I feel like a lot of DJs, once you kind of get into the, you're like, all right, I've been doing this for a while. I want to start playing shows. And then obviously throwing your own show is always, you know, a path you can take, something you can do to like mm -hmm. play in front of people. But I think when you have going from literally never doing that to doing that your first time is like really intimidating and scary. Yeah. Um, so I guess I wonder what your experience was like kind of jumping in. It sounds like you had only just started like getting into the world and like the scene of electronic mm -hmm. music. Do you remember at all? Like what that process was like? Yeah. Um, I think it was very laid back and chill. Honestly, like I just hit up my friends, like asking them if they wanted to do a show and like, I don't know, there wasn't, I mean, the only thing that, you know, was kind of more organizing on my part was just, I mean, yeah, I was just communicating with everyone about it and then, you know, went early to set up and like help um, the people at the house, like, you know, set things aside, like clear the space. And yeah, I, I don't know, I guess it came kind of natural to me. It, it didn't seem like that big of a deal 
to me, <laughs> I guess. Like, I just wanted it to happen and just, like, was willing to, you know, communicate with everyone and, like, figure out the logistics of it. So. Totally. That, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of how, like, I got into doing all this stuff, like, just organizing shows and... I, like, I just want to play music and I just want to, like, uplift other artists that I like. And, yeah, I don't know. It's definitely evolved so much throughout time. Like, yeah. back then, I definitely did not think that this is mostly what I would be doing with my life. But, it's, but here we are. But here we are. And I'm so content about it. Like, it's really cool. Like, that was such a beginning for, like everything for me and like looking back at that time like even you know my other friends like orion and vita like they're like doing so good now and like you know they've popped off you know we've all popped off and like it's just so cool it's like it's innocent it feels like so innocent to look um back at that time because right now it's like everything's so much busier for all of us and like yeah there was um there was a lot of talent in santa cruz like yeah. talking about you asbestos vita like that's a lot of um that's like quite a little lineup quite a little scene for how small santa yeah. cruz is and that's the thing is like i swear it was like everyone that had like the electronic music minor classes together like the actual artistic kids like that took the electronic music classes because it's very like technical at UCSC. There's definitely lots of just like kind of STEMI people um, in it. I took like a few classes um, <laughs> myself and managed to piss off all my professors um, because I just didn't want to turn in my homework. Yeah, I just wanted to like, <laughs> I just wanted to like make the music. Or, like, do the thing and not worry about um, turning it in at a certain time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that makes sense. Um, I'd love to kind of talk about, so we just, we painted, like, a pretty thorough picture of where we started. Um, it sounds like kind of for everything, um, like producing, DJing, and coordinating events, which are all things that you continue to do and do very well. I'd love to talk about Hazardous Nemesis and how we got um a first just what it is for those who are unfamiliar and then kind of how we got from you know what we just talked about in santa cruz to running your own event group however you want to describe what hazardous nemesis is and mm -hmm. um the work you've been able to do um with with that with hazardous yeah um hazardous nemesis actually started out as my radio show at kzsc it was like end of 2019 and i think i really got into electronic music like 2019 like before that i listened to like i would say like honestly a lot of like indie and like rock stuff and i was like really into that um but then i like was getting into a lot more electronic music i was also yeah into hella hip-hop but yeah then when i got like more into electronic music um i just like 
I really wanted to do like an electronic like rock type of show like industrial music like just like a lot of like blending between the genres and like even like some like metal and like electronic stuff um so I just like descended into um getting to know a lot more like subgenres and like varieties and like um I like got into witch house and could we what um I'm unfamiliar what yeah. what's what's witch house okay witch house um I'm I'll just name some artists because I can't really like explain the genre uh, too much myself like kind of like I'd be down um, to play let me pull up tell me a song to pull up Ooh! oh my god holy shit <laughs> um we, we also don't have to it's just I'm so intrigued yeah no crystal castles is like witch house my favorite song by them was like pap smear um and yeah I don't know like crystal castles like definitely kind of has like that rocky mm-hmm. sound okay honestly we have more music to play later the the listeners at home can look up crystal castle yeah i'll do that too when i get home <laughs> <coughs> yeah um but yeah like boys ex-girls um that song and then oh boys like girls i forget what the isn't that a panic of the disco song um maybe. maybe it's probably both that's what <laughs> the one that i'm talking about is by boys x girls it's not by panic at the disco <laughs> no that's what i listened to before i got into edm <laughs> um, oh yeah i was i mean i was just like a gay 14 year old um so like a lot of um panic at the disco <gasps> and oh my god wait <laughs> did they like get rid of their music on spotify that's terrible. Boys X girls. Yeah. Boy. Damn. Well, I looked at boys like girls because that's the name of this. Oh yes, Boys X girls by You Love Her. You Love Her is pretty witch house. Uh huh. Crystal Castles. I don't know. Like witch house is kind of like, like kind of industrial, but like still electronicy and like lots of ethereal vocals, like. I would think like lots of pads and like some reverb um yeah hell yeah <laughs> no we, got, we can uh we can we, we can move on i just love that yes. name i just imagined like i mean it, it paints such an image of like a witch um <laughs> and like yes. you know djing some house or something but um rain actually makes lots of witch house hell yeah lots of great rains who will be on the show december 7th yeah shout out <laughs> Um, okay, so we're to like zoom back to uh, where we, where we were. Hazardous Nemesis. Hazardous Nemesis. It was your radio show. Yeah, it was my radio show, and it just like I think allowed me to explore into a lot of sub genres of electronic music, and I started developing like more of my taste. Like I was gravitating towards a lot of like harder and like faster stuff, and. Um, then like it just like i got into the rave scene through like finn and like met a lot of people through like a url show um that finn did and 
Just like when I descended into like um, honing in my taste in music, um, I just like, I wanted to revive Hazardous Nemesis because I wanted to, you know, play these shows with like all these sick artists that I love and like, um, yeah, I like booked that one show at in Santa Cruz and after that I like I mean the pandemic hit so like I wasn't really do any doing anything like it kind of stalled my progress on like um doing more events um so I wasn't like even really into like organizing or planning like event planning like that um but definitely like once I moved back to San Francisco or to the Bay Area. I'm from the East Bay, um, Berkeley and Oakland, but I moved to SF um, from Santa Cruz when I dropped out um, last year, like March of 2021. Um, I just had this whole crisis about how I did not want to do school anymore and like, um, yeah, just like I needed to do other things. I wanted to teach myself other skills and like learn from other people. And I wanted to move back to the Bay because I could not do that in Santa Cruz. Like, I don't know, I guess for what specifically I wanted to do, like the scene in Santa Cruz is like pretty small. It's definitely gotten a lot bigger now because like even when I did that show, with like Vita and like Evanora um, and Albert, like it was like, we were it. Like that was it, <laughs> that was mm -hmm. literally it. And like the entire town, unless you were kind of like into EDM and like bass music stuff, um, which like, I don't know, I'm personally not into like that type of rave. Like it's just not my style. Um, I don't enjoy the music as much. Um, and then, you know, getting into more of my taste with, like, hardcore and stuff. Like, I don't know. There wasn't really any of, like, that in Santa Cruz. At least that I knew of, aside from, like, my friends. Um, and, so, yeah. So, yeah, you moved up. And then um, <laughs> when, when did you start throwing shows in San Francisco? Or the, just the Bay Area in general? Um, with, the, yeah. like, the hazardous nemesis? um you know umbrella whatever you want to call it yeah sorry for all the tangents i oh, get so, so fine. i get so caught up <laughs> on like all the lore of it all no it's great i mean that's why we're here you know we're yeah. expanding the local dj lore yeah so i moved to sf like the opportunity like came up perfectly in my life um and i like wasn't gonna have to pay that much in rent like an extremely low amount on rent and I was like, I like, I'm gonna save money. I'm gonna like not have a job for a good bit just so that I can like focus on being creative and like doing all this stuff. And I was, it was a good, it was a good moment. I'm kind of back there now, but that's just cause I'm on unemployment <laughs> <laughs> or else my ass would have to, um, be yeah. doing a thousand more gigs or something i don't even know yeah <laughs> it's so tough that's something i'm honestly looking forward to like 
discussing with all the DJs is just like, how do you, how do you pay rent? Like, how do you, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's, it can be really tough to have like a creative, you know, try to like not make enough money without sacrificing creativity. Yeah. While all these things. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't think there's like a very clear answer. Yeah, it's tough because I don't know, it takes a lot of commitment and you need to have the time and the energy to commit to it. And so I think that's where like a lot of people get stuck is people don't have that like accessibility to like only, you know, think about it. So it was definitely a, a blessing in my life to like just focus on music stuff and, you know, ex expanding my career with like DJing and um, being a producer, being a musician. Um, and so I, yeah, once I moved back, um, I, it was like gonna be Pride weekend. And I was like, I wanna like DJ for Pride. <laughs> like that sounds hella fun. I really, yeah, I just really wanted to like DJ at a show. And then I was actually gonna take more time before I started to plan um, an event. But it was like, as soon as I got there, I was like, no, I wanna do this now. Like, I just like really wanted to like already get into it. I was just eager about it. And so I would go out to lots of people's shows and like compliment them, like talk to people and like just get to know more people around. Um, and then Maya, the lovely Maya who owns Maya's Magic Shop and Shout is Maya. Maya, Maya's songbird. Yeah, um, she actually let me just like DJ outside of her shop um, for like and like do like a little pride lineup. Um, and so that was like my first gig like over here. Um, I like got together some other super amazing artists, um, Mars Cassay and also Adian. Um, and then was there another person? I think it was just the three of us. Um, maybe. Oh my god, I'm gonna feel so bad if it was not just the three of us. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, no, yeah, okay. You're fine. You're fine. No, I think it was. Yeah, yeah just the totally. three of us. And it was super low key. It was really chill. We were just like DJing outside of her shop and like people were coming through to dance. Like, you know, it was cute. It was intimate. Um, that was a very pleasant time. And yeah, shout out to Maya. I love Maya. Um, they were so interesting to meet at yeah. the uh, the beach rave they did. I just remember when um, yeah. we were talking about like I think they were like in the process of moving. Uh -huh. But um, just yeah. when the, they brought up the fact that they run a magic shop like extremely nonchalantly, and I was like, "Excuse me, you like <laughs> that's so cool, that's so crazy." Um, I need yeah, to I need to I visit it. Shout out um, what is it, Maya's Magic Shop? Yes, you guys, for all your magic needs. This is yeah. this is not sponsored, but we do endorse. I. Maya's magic yes. shop for all your magical needs. I know. I love going to her shop. Like the first time I it, I went there, it was like the first time, like shortly after it opened, I think. And I spent like two hundred dollars of my unemployment <laughs> money. I was like, holy fuck! Yeah. I want everything. <laughs> like I want to support. And she Did has you, amazing um, candles, and like also has amazing artists display their work there. 
um and or have their work there i got some cool shit i have lots of cool shit did you get any like magic magic tricks magic related things <laughs> i got some tarot cards i got okay, my tarot deck there yeah and then i also got um uh this my favorite one of my favorite necklaces that's like a studded choker and it has um i think it's black sand oh fuck <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know i think it's black like sand light yeah some type of like crystal that literally looks like the night sky mm -hmm. and um yeah i got yeah, that there. Tight. it was really cool uh, let's um talk about because i know how many if you had to, if you had to guess to put a number on it how many events do you think hazard nemesis has thrown uh, at this point um definitely 10 plus i believe so or at least 10 um i think so because yeah i that was the first show that i like organized really um back in the bay and yeah, it was again, it was like super low key, super chill. Um, and then I was trying to do like a, a renegade with my friends in Norm Corps and um, Golden Boy, Paris, Miss You Paris. Um, just, yeah, we were trying to do a show out here, like a renegade out in SF, and then like it completely failed because the like it got shut down so quickly and we I, were kind of traumatized by it i feel like i remember you um i remember like the social media from that where um yeah you guys had had some problems with uh with the law <laughs> yeah it sucked um yeah we got a ticket from it but the dj that had the ticket um never said anything about it so Damn. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> um, it worked out all right. Um, yeah, I would say, yeah, I've done lots of shows with Hazardous Nemesis. Like, yeah, probably 10 or something. Mm -hmm. Like, in the past, like, like since, have like, midway 2021. Because I really, like, just started to ramp it up, like, this year. Because I was like, uh, I've always wanted to use the name Hazardous Nemesis for something because yeah it was my radio show and it's like just such a good name like i don't know it's like a fucking sick name it is <laughs> and um yeah i started to put together some more shows some more lineups you know like it's also my work like you know i get paid from it so i can like support myself like you know i think i just like saw like hey like i can um i can make my own gigs and get paid from it like it is pretty sick yeah it is, it is really nice um yeah being able like organizing something and then making not because like as as a dj especially as like a I don't know quote unquote beginner dj someone who's just starting to get out there and get booked um i feel like it's so common to put a lot of time and effort whether it's driving to the gig whether it's prepping for it you know whether it's if it's like a renegade like physically helping set things up and whatnot and then making like 27 dollars you know <laughs> yeah it, I, it can be rough sometimes like it's it always like is fluctuating you know and i think it does matter a lot how much effort you put into it 
I mean, like, you can make, like, a cool, like, 50 bucks, like, just from, like, doing some random night at a bar and, like, have it not be, like, promoted that well. But, like, you can also make, like, almost, like, $200 from, like, just having a lot of people show up because they want to see all the artists that, like, are there. And, yeah, it's just, it feels rewarding, for me, I just, like, really wanted to be in control, like, of my situation. Like, I just, like, didn't want there to be, like, any, like, confusion or, like, conflict, like, through, like, I don't know, getting paid out by, like, um, like, just some, like, promoter at a bar. I don't know. Yeah. Like, this is, um actually setting up something that I wanted to talk to you about. It's a conversation I think we've had like briefly, I think like over like DMs or something, but kind of as someone who throws a lot of their own events and as a DJ, your perspective on throwing your own renegades versus like um, throwing at established venues um, and like the pros and the cons and your experiences with both of those. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of different businesses like operate differently people think differently about their like space that they created like let me tell you i've had such a range of experiences with like performing and like gigs and stuff like i've definitely done like 50 or more gigs mm -hmm. some shit like that like i've done hella gigs and like I mean, yeah, it's, like, my job. It's, yeah. um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, my flip. job now. Like. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just, like, you know, some bars don't prioritize, like, the well-being of their artists. Like, they don't care about investing in the art and, like, um, you know, can be more stingy. Like, some bars and, like, venues can be more stingy, you know, if they choose to because, you know, like, you're holding your event there but you know in reality you're the one that's bringing all the people and that's bringing them their business and like paying their rent for the day mm -hmm. so like we also deserve like at least like at least 70 percent like uh -huh. i don't know with like spaces like that um i think that they can definitely afford to like you know like pay their artists like it's just like other staff working the night basically you know you yeah it is it's always so that. disappointing like setting something up with a venue and then they're like oh yeah so there's like a chill like thousand dollar venue fee or something or like just something oh ridiculous yeah, Hell I mean, nah. that that was, I'm, like, referencing a specific place that I tried to throw a show. I don't think that's, like, the norm. But, that's crazy. Um, no, I that's know, it insane. was crazy. It was, like, even if we sold the place out, we were going to make, like, $500. Yeah. Um, the, and then that's, whatever. That's not important. Um, yeah. So, I guess that's definitely, that's definitely true. Um, a lot of venues are just, like, not pleasant to work with. A, just in, like, the attitude that they give you and the way that they treat you as an artist. Mm -hmm. And also in the amount of money that you're making um, on the bar, on the door, on however you figure it out. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that compares to throwing your own show? Um, I know you have a fair amount. We've thrown Renegades together. I know you've thrown your own yes. Renegades. We talked about Renegades. Um, I love Renegades. Honestly, yeah. they're the best. Um 
I do like eventually though want to have like and this is like I only thought about this recently but like have my own space like my own like DIY venue um I think because it is nicer to have or to be able to have an indoor space but um and like it can be easier for equipment um but wait what was the question <laughs> i guess just um you know is it seems pretty clear you're a fan of renegades um what do you think sets them apart from using um like traditional venues yeah um i guess you can utilize the space to you know whatever you desire like you could have a really cool setup even though sometimes it's hard you know depending on how much you have to travel and like carry stuff for because okay that beach rave we did that beach rave that I, I was, was the worst that i was I've waiting ever... to bring it up <laughs> okay like that but also the cave rave which was the first renegade i put together um how could i forget how could i forget about that show because that was an amazing show that was iconic it was literally like 12 hours of like intense labor and like i was so we were so tired by the end of the night but it was very successful and i loved all the artists like that played and it was beautiful it was a beautiful night um you know you have so much liberty with your space like you can make a whole stage or a whole setup for it um and you know you can make your own like little adventure for people it's nice to be outdoors and like in like a wide open space um you don't have to worry about breaking anything inside mm -hmm. or like cops being called really um unless you're somewhere that's like a pretty hot spot um but you yeah. know there's lots of great spots that are like beautiful it's like gonna be memorable and it's you know it's a lot of work like that's what i mean like the more effort into it like the more like results you'll get because you know you're putting that effort that thought that dedication into your show and like the artists and like your space um it's special it's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. i could definitely and i feel like um i mean you just have so much more control over the night you know with with certain venues it's kind of like you know, you can show up and play a good set, but, you know, they have an established audience or maybe people don't like the venue in the area. So, there's, you know, there's, sometimes there's not really, like, um, yeah. you know, you can have a bad night and it's not necessarily your fault. Yeah. Or you can have a really good night and it's packed, but that's, like, honestly through no fault of you. Yeah. It's just because it's, like, a popular bar, but, um, mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But with a, with a renegade, it's, like, if there are people there... It's because you put in that... You put in the work, you know? You yeah. did all of... You know, you literally built it from the ground up but yeah. um god that beach rave though it, it it's a lot of work it's a lot of work mm -hmm. um and sometimes um i yeah i feel like my laziness um makes me so much more partial to just be able to show up with like a usb in my pocket yeah <laughs> no i feel you um i was gonna say though too 
fuck. I hella forgot now, but <laughs> fucking, I was literally, oh, one of the best things too about Renegades is that it's all ages. True. Like, I don't know, anyone can come through. Like, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of boundaries that should be established in that space. And like, that's upon, you know, whoever is there and like their intentions. Yeah. And, you I know. I feel like that is also like worth bringing up. At established mm -hmm. venues, there's usually security, which is like, maybe they yeah. suck. A lot of times they suck. But, you know, just like as an event organizer, that's definitely another level that like, I think sometimes people forget and it's really important to remember that yeah. like at a renegade, like if shit goes down, it is on you. Like you are, you know, yeah. the people like that have to look out for everyone's safety, which just for, exactly. for me adds a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand. I mean, um, I think it is important to have like, you know, people that are just working the rave. They're maintaining the space. They're hearing out people's concerns like they're being guided like i think it's important you know if you're gonna be working and doing a renegade that you take on that responsibility too you know to watch out for those around you and like for me like whenever i do a show i'm like i'm talking to everyone like everyone is telling me something or like talking to someone about something um and like i I want to hear out like how people are feeling like if there's someone that's bothering them because I'm like I will do anything like <laughs> I will personally like um, do anything for someone um, and just in general or <laughs> <laughs> in general um, I don't know yeah but like fair. in terms of safety you yeah know, of course i'm like if there's someone that you feel is threatening and making you uncomfortable like i will confront them and i will kick them out of the space mm -hmm. like um like i'm not i won't hesitate to like establish boundaries yeah and like see how someone is doing like i i've had to do that um already and like it's just important to like approach people and um you know just ask them how they're doing like you know you know what's going on with them like if they need anything you know just check out what the situation is um and luckily i didn't have to deal with like much escalation from it um so it was totally chill but you know it's important to stay safe and like i think just be aware of our surroundings and like be aware of yeah who's coming through because you know at every renegade there's like the little entrance where you can donate and you can like buy merch and stuff and um it's like um sorry <laughs> no you're fine i mean My i feel like that was, that was pretty succ uh, succinct is that a word yes yeah I great think so all right we're both doing great <laughs> yeah totally and i i mean i feel like it's just like you need that um uh like you know that energy and just that like willingness to confront problems as they arrive and like not only be willing to confront them but like be on your toes and be actively like looking for them you know yeah. at least to a certain extent um yeah. when you're organizing renegades but no i think they have like their capacity um 
it always depends of course like there's so many freaking clubs in the world and a lot of them are amazing and are run well and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um but yeah like just the fact that like they can be all ages and they can go a lot later a lot of the time especially mm-hmm. like in san francisco where most clubs exactly. are closing at two yeah um, or like three at the latest um yeah you have the the beach ravey through through hardcore heaven was it was really i was so cranky that whole night i feel so oh, no. bad i was I so understand yeah um but like looking back on it like i remember the next day like i was so shall we say flustered the night of and then the yeah. next day i was on instagram being like best night of my life like how because it, it was it was so um <laughs> yes. it was really like special yeah. like looking back on it um it was so being like fun. oh my god yeah it was so fun and like so many cool shout out that's like how i met tom um uh-huh. keb cherub or m like yeah shout out shout out that beach rave that was really fun um, i know yeah that was that was really fun great we it are was, or sorry don't let me cut you oh, off oh no it's okay um it was hard work it was hard work um just like yeah it was too <laughs> far um if you're gonna throw a rave on the beach in santa cruz and yeah panther beach is far away from the parking lot just <laughs> oh shit. have that in the back of your mind um, yeah, I I did something at that spot twice before that, but it was never as hard as that night. Who knows? For why. some reason, it was tough. And then like Frains almost lost their phone. Like that was yeah, that was stressful. But then they found they found it. it. They did find it. It was uh, I was so glad to hear it was that. Amazing. I left before they had found it. It was like three thirty in the morning, and I was just like, I'm so I feel so awful like leaving <laughs> you guys in this predicament. But I need to be home. Um, yeah. So that was fantastic. All right, we are almost. Um, running out of time wrapping things up we've been talking for a minute before we hop off i wanted to spin some music off of your recent releases um you've yes. had you've had actually a lot come out in 2022 yeah um, like, I, I have yeah just the fervendo ep am i saying it correctly yeah fervendo i released that yeah i was gonna talk about that because i know in the questions you sent me um yeah talk about um, like recent releases exactly um yeah well let's talk about it um yeah maybe just to start things off um uh, do you want to do you want to spin spin a track what's um oh yeah eternamente which is the first one great that one uh is i think one of my favorite songs that i've ever made and like i feel so i'm like I feel really good with where I'm at with music because every time that I'm releasing something, it's like my new favorite thing. And that's like, for me, the best feeling to have, like when I'm making something is like that. It's like my new, like favorite and the best thing I've done. Like, I just want to like do like try out different genres and like, but also make like the hardest fucking thing that i've ever heard and i think i did that you think you did it? i really did that like with um yeah that 3p yeah um, i was i was listening <laughs> to it earlier and it definitely is i mean on Bandcamp, it is um it's just under like hardcore hard style tape and that's definitely what it is um, yeah because i mean you're the music you make it's certainly like I'm not like, whoa, what? They went like hardcore? Like, you know, <laughs> that's crazy. But I was mm-hmm. I was really impressed with like the harshness. Um and yeah, yeah let's let's uh, sick. let's uh let's just give it a spin. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, let's talk about that track and maybe just the the EP. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. all you just said a second ago that um, you look to make like the hardest shit that you've heard. Um, yes. How does um, t- talk talk about that and how like harshness and like quote unquote like hardness? Um, how you like integrate that into your music and like what role you think that that plays? Um, yeah. In your music. For me, it's like. I feel like all about the mixing like i have i enjoy it like so much like i just enjoy going into like every different like track and just mixing it into like some crazy shit like making that kick absolutely like blown the fuck out and like having like you know the little hi-hat in the background um I don't know just the mixing um but yeah like with this project i surprisingly like i didn't even work on it that much like i feel like my most listened to song which is actually prezu um that one i made in like a few days like and while i was in la because i was like rushing to drop it for Bandcamp friday and then i was like no i'm gonna get the last track done (laughs) by friday and then i made that song and it was so i like it was so good like it's so good and like every like people love it and i'm like holy shit like i don't know for me it's always like my most like last minute work that like people just like fucking love but also like other shit that I've like worked more on. Yeah, um, I always find that so interesting, like the disconnect from like the artistic process and then uh, the reception of it, and like how surprising it can be. Like for me, I, I I don't produce or at least like produce stuff that I'm really putting out yet. But in mm-hmm. terms of like DJ mixes and stuff, and like stuff that I think is so cool, and I spent so much time doing, and like I'm aware of like all of the like work that went into it. And then um, people just like, you know, you can really never tell like what people are going to like and how they're going to respond. And um, it's always fun, like getting surprised and being like, oh, my God, wait, you guys like this? Like, this isn't even that hard. Like, this isn't even that crazy. (laughs) Um, And like what what can surprise people, especially I think in dance music, um, Mm -hmm. there's like so much room for like the simplest um, idea in the room to like be the best, you know? Yeah, um, no, for sure. The project before Fair Vandal was me and Rain split um, Butterflies on Acid. That was... I had worked on those... I don't know. For me, it's like I'll start tracks and then 
I will like barely touch them, but like then I'll go through my phases of like working on it and like put in a few sessions and then just like a few really good sessions where I can just like be entirely focused on it and like, um, you know, structure it and like mix it um, and get it, yeah, down. But yeah, like I feel very proud of like my recent releases and just like how I've improved with like my mixing and like my drum patterns. Like it's been awesome because when I was f when I first started producing, I actually was using a lot of hardware. So I mostly started out like with hardware and then eventually got on to just doing everything on the computer what hardware were you using um i was using i think a korg like midi board possibly and then a 404 um sp404 and also the korg um analog sampler i think that's what it is the yeah, there you yeah go. it's just like a little drum machine <laughs> Uh -huh. And yeah, I was like mainly uh, using that with my friend Sam. Like he was teaching me all this stuff because like he had all this like sick ass hardware and we just were like making songs together and we kind of were like trying to we're like we were like both really into Crystal Castles. So we like we're like, let's do a duo like type sitch. Um, but like that did not end up happening. <laughs> um and i just like learned more myself um and butterflies on acid was like i really wanted to do more garagey stuff i mean one of the tracks on it has like um a garage section and then i would say the rest of it is like pretty dancey and like clubby mm -hmm. um and yeah let's yeah. uh let's spin some <laughs> butterflies on acid is there anything uh a particular track you want people to hear oh yeah okay i think a trip around the trees is so underrated <laughs> and i like love i love that track i love that track so much but i think it's like kind of underrated from like the whole project um and sugarhead is also really good but yeah you should play a trip all around right the trip trees. around the trees here we go <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. Community radio, all your friends are doing it. That was a trip around the trees. Um, kind of like some clubby garage stuff. Yeah, I could definitely hear the the garage in it and that little um, like the drums in the section in the middle. Yeah, yeah, the, that last. But section. it was it was almost like like what like happy hardcore is the hardcore like happy garage. Oh, like. <laughs> oh, that's so uh, cute. So I feel like the drums. It's like reminiscent of some like UK like really dubby wubby like the little like yeah. swingy drums and then there's just like the really wubby bass in it but it was so much more like ethereal and like dee, dee, dee. I, <laughs> I have such a hard yeah. time describing music um no i feel, I feel like sometimes like... you just got to hit them with like the, the the sound effects yeah <laughs> i feel like it is just butterflies on acid like that one is a trip around the trees like Literally. you're taking a trip around the trees and you're a butterfly on acid yeah <laughs> yeah that was great i, I that <laughs> a lot um how was making so this is a like collaboration tape between you and rain's death again guest next episode december 7th how was the uh how was like collabing on a tape like this did you guys how did how do you think that like affected your creative process in terms of putting out like a cohesive project did you work together a lot did uh-huh. you kind of do your own thing and then just come together at the end yeah um well me and rain have worked with each other like so many times like we've had like so many collabs unfinished collabs um and if y'all don't know rain's is my boo that's my bb that's my shoddy um and like we've collabed a lot and with this project like we were just like oh we want to do a split called butterflies on acid like let's just each do our own like um dancey like garagey um tracks and just put them together we honestly didn't like work too much on like the cohesiveness of like the whole project like we just wanted to like do our own thing um but it's all like very dancey and like fun and like cute um like we would always just like show each other um like what we've been working on and like like letting each other know like which ones like we want to work on more to put on the split and you know we just got it done <laughs> by like a random deadline <laughs> that we set for ourselves um yeah but yeah i think it took us like a few months um yeah definitely a few months to like get it together because we had like also been doing like other projects um yeah and yeah. um so that one butterflies on acid was released um through armada springs if yes. if i'm correct talk about is it are you usually releasing your projects through a label or is that something that's specific to butterflies um that's specific to butterflies on acid i mean me and rains are both a part of armada springs um and rains started armada springs um along with vera vertigo um yeah, I don't always, like... Well, I have, like, a couple releases on there, but I also posted, like... I have most of my music um, posted on my own Bandcamp page. Um, I've been actually trying to post more on my own Bandcamp um, because I I realized, too, with, like, posting mostly through labels, like, 
I don't um, have that own access to like, you know, what's going on with my release. Um, mm -hmm. I don't stay like that notified on it, except like I can I can look at it with like Armada Springs because um, I'm a member. But yeah, I haven't always released through labels. It's been kind of recent. I mean, I've been on a lot of different compilations, um, different comps uh, for other net labels like Norm Corpse and um, what used to be Landline Collective. Um, no longer a thing though. And yeah, then Armada Springs. Oh <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have and to- And also Hunka Plastic. They're sick. Shout out Hunka Plastic. We'll have to wait till uh, next episode. I'll talk to Reigns about Armada, Armada Springs more, I guess. Um, yes. So yeah, this was great. I think we are about wrapping up of the interview portion of this episode, which means we are getting into the mix part of the episode. I know you recorded this mix previously. Do you want to say um, what night? What night this music we're about to listen to is from? Yeah, so I actually recorded this mix from my show this last Saturday at Mothership um, in SF. And I was very stressed out at the beginning of the show. Um, my cat had like escaped out into my backyard and it was like pitch black outside. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Did I you mean, find your cat? Um, She came back into uh, the house once queen. I left. Damn. Yeah, she was trolling me. I literally, so, she got your ass. Yeah, she did. She did get my ass. Um, I was like so distressed, and she was just like watching me in the darkness. Yeah, just in a bush, be like this bitch. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, but the the night was like super chill. It was like really fun, very nice. I love the staff there. Um, the bartenders are really cool. Yeah, I feel like we talked earlier about venues that like treat artists shittily mothership yeah. not one of them yeah i'm i will say like we were kind of limited in like what we were able to play um like they told us not to go over like 140 bpm and Damn. i'm like and i'm like what do you mean yeah that's rough <laughs> um, okay wait I'm yeah sorry. mothership you're on thin ice i'm sorry yeah <laughs> I said it no, too soon i know i think that if you play there it's because you're playing something that's like more digest digestible like for normies like <laughs> like <laughs> something like more chill and not yeah. as like fast yeah. or like hard um but i think it's lame because people are still gonna dance to it people are still yeah, gonna like well, it i always just um frown upon like booking an artist and then like putting like boundaries on what you want them to do yeah you know? seems I know. silly to me yeah it is it is interesting i mean i think it is they're just you know yeah they're profit you, driven exactly <laughs> um which is like you know yeah, not, fair enough yeah i mean to an extent but also i don't think you should dictate what other people do or like at least with their music and if you're if you did book them for your bar you know yeah <laughs> exactly no i 100 um, agree it's always the worst getting a book for show than the promoter is just like hitting you with some really vague like guidelines and stuff or yeah. just like it's just, like either like and tell I'm me like, exactly what i can and can't do or like let me do what i want you know yeah. let me like do my job like that i'm getting paid like pretty well to do you know yeah 
For me, I just don't think that there's any point of like holding a standard for everyone because everyone has different styles. Like, I don't think it matters at all if you're playing fast music when a show starts. Like, if anything, people are gonna be into that shit. Like, people love shit when it's faster. <laughs> like, yeah, come totally, on now. Yeah. Like, it's, well, you know, I'm about it. <laughs> but. <laughs> um yeah totally. yeah well, i don't know it I was it was fun still it was yeah still it was night. it was still a good show it was pretty chill um yeah i loved all the drinks there they were like really yummy and what's um, your uh what's your go-to um if you, if the you're one DJing I had, at a bar and you're like let me get a drink oh what does serotonin get at the bar um i have my select few um of course some moscow mule or a vodka crayon, or a whiskey sour, or a tequila sunrise, or like a sour. Those are good options. Those are like, like I like fruity stuff. I yeah, like flavorful stuff. I want my this, alcohol to not taste like alcohol. Yeah, or something like carbonated. Like that's also yummy. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm a Moscow Mule bitch. Yeah, yeah me too. 100% Moscow Mules, or if it's the beginning of the night, a vodka rebel. Oh, okay, good shit. <laughs> you know, I vomited hella vomited. <laughs> Huge shout out to DJ Serotonin for sitting down with me. You guys are tuned into BFF.FM for the next about 40 minutes. We're going to be tuned into DJ Serotonin's mix that was recorded at Mothership this last Saturday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to my first ever episode. Hardcore Heaven Radio Power Hours for the next 40 minutes. We are tuned in to the beats of DJ Serotonin. Hope you guys are having a lovely Wednesday morning slash early afternoon. Thanks for listening. BFF.FM.
Forest Gas Station Engineer, and you're listening to BFF.FM.
You guys are tuned in to BFF.FM. This is the Hardcore Heaven Radio Power Hours, and you are listening to the beats of DJ Serotonin. Make sure to keep it locked, guys, and I hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday.
How are you guys doing out there? Once again, you are tuned into BFF.FM. This is the Hardcore Heaven Radio Power Hours. <coughs> Excuse me. And you are listening to the beats of DJ Serotonin. We have about 15 minutes left on the program. Hope you guys keep it locked and hope you guys are enjoying the music.
All right, we have about five more minutes left on the episode. I just want to say thank you so much to BFF.FM for letting me host this show. I'm going to be here every other Wednesday. Next show is December 7th from 10 till noon. Up next in just five minutes is a fantastic show. Talk and noise at noon. It is about black music and black expression. Really excited to leave you guys off with that. I'm going to let this mix play out for the next five minutes. And then on to the next show. Thank you guys so much. Anyone who has been listening. Thank you for bearing with me. We're kind of figuring out this show as we go along. But I think that was a a great first episode. And I'm just really excited to see what the future brings. BFF.FM. Make sure to keep it locked, guys. Talk and Noise at Noon is up next in just four minutes. Best freedom.